Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the round 11 version of the weekender. Oh, it's uh, footy this year has been very different for both of us compared to last year and, and years gone by. Actually, for one of us, but last year in particular, we both had pretty pretty fun seasons. And this year, it's uh, it's getting interesting on a personal level. But I mean, if we look at the bigger picture, footy's doing okay. But yeah, it's just leaving us with just constant constant frustration, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. It's hard when you do a show like this and you try and be unbiased and you know appreciate the game as a whole it is tough when your teams are battling which ours are at the moment definitely but like you said i do think footy is in a good place just uh sadly not for you and i no no but apart from the footy you what did you get up to on the weekend i know you, i did see you at the footy now a lot of people did see you at the footy actually you got on everyone's tvs and you making it a habit as well you, you've been on the tv the last few weeks actually so there it is. Is there people that are watching. For those watching on screen. Well, this, we'll talk about it later, but this is just proof that I do go to the games where a lot of Richmond supporters have dipped in recent times. We will talk about that. So I'll jump to that in a second. But yes, I did uh, I did go to the footy on Sunday. Um, that was what I did then. And Saturday, I played my own game of footy for the Elsinwood Footy Club. Um, had a game in the Arvo. And then Saturday night, we had trivia night with the club. It's always a bit of fun. So everyone dresses Arvo. Every table's got a theme. It's, um, ah, it's good to get around. It's good fun. Yeah, love it. Very good. You know, you um, you were looking for a shit shirt, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So our table was uh, shit shirt themed, and um, a few people on the table. You know, most people had one, but there's a few of us that didn't sort of have a shit shirt lined up or ready to go the day of. Um, and someone pointed out that most of your wardrobe would probably fit the bill. So you got a few messages on the day. I heard. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I initially thought it was a, a piss take, everyone having a dig at my fashion sense, but they were legit questions. And um, But it isn't as embarrassing as my mum buying you a, a shit shirt, so I'm not sure what's worse. <laughs> Your mum's a lovely lady, mate. I, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate it very much. And um, I'll be giving her back that rubber ducky uh, Hawaiian shirt <laughs> very soon. I'm glad you finished that sentence off. Yeah, like, yeah, it could have been very weird if I didn't uh, finish that <laughs> But no, we got there, we finished it off. So that's what I got up to. How about yourself? What was your, how was your weekend? Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it was one of the rare weekends where I didn't attend a footy game this year, whether it's um, leisure or work. So it was, uh, yeah, I think it was the first week this year where I didn't go to the footy. So it was um, it was nice. It was just a bit, bit more relaxing. Played 18 holes of golf yesterday. So that was, that was fun in, in the rain. It was a bit, uh, a bit tough, but I'm actually a little bit sore, to be honest, which is weird for for golf. But um, shows my my unconditioned uh, level at the moment. But um, all in all, it was a good weekend, and um, tried to keep my mind off Friday night. That's for sure. Jeez, it, uh, you're starting to show your age, man. If you're pulling up sore from a from a day of golf out in the mm. uh, out in the green, it was raining. I'll give you that. Could a few potholes you might have slipped in, so the ankles might be a bit tender, but. Mm. Yeah, yeah, showing you. Do, you. do you have a handicap? If so, what, what, what do we? No, do? I don't have a handicap. I'm not I'm not as good as you think I am, Quinn. I'm uh, still very much in the uh, learning phase of it all, but um, it's just a bit of fun, bit of a social thing. Um, so, as you understand, I know absolutely nothing about golf, so I don't understand how handicaps work. We won't get into it here because it'll bore the life out of everyone. But <laughs> glad to hear you had a good weekend. Yes, thank you, mate. No, it was good, um, but. If we're gonna, we're gonna, we may as well just get into it. My weekend started on Friday night watching uh, the Carlton Football Club. 
and it was billed as pretty much the game that Carlton really couldn't afford. Both teams really couldn't afford to lose, but in particular Carlton, given Sydney's injuries, especially to their key defensive posts, and it was a game that Carlton just had to win, given their form. And yeah, and they didn't. They lost by twenty-seven points to the to the Swans in a pretty pretty tough game to watch from a Carlton point of view. Just same issues popping up week in, week out. Skill levels being atrocious. Delivery inside 50 is, was, was yeah, was terrible. And then our goal kicking was just as bad. So a lot of issues at the club at the moment and um, copping at left, right and centre. And fair enough because the talent on that list should be performing a lot better. Now, for those that know me, this will come as no surprise. But I think about five minutes into the first quarter, I was carked it asleep on the couch. So I actually didn't get to watch any of this game. But tell me if I'm wrong. From what I heard, Carlton held a lot of the dominance like during mid-play, but just couldn't convert or get clean delivery up forward. Was that the case or have I been misinformed there? Yeah, that was pretty accurate. I think Carlton dominated a lot of the like early play, especially. Um, defensively, we were really good. Pressure was on. Um, but just never looked like ever threatening to win that game. It just, even though it was close for most of it, just never felt like we we're going to win. It was, yeah, just no real class or, yeah, the, the entries inside. It was just no real dare desire to really take the game on and and, and go for it. Um, and then, you know, the damn wall busted and Sydney yeah, kicked away a bit towards the end there. But, yeah, it was just, it's just one of those, yeah, I mean, not one of those games. It's been one of those games for all, all season for Carlton. But yeah, it was just just a story of complete inaccuracy in front of goal and and kicking and, and skills all over the ground were, were were just were just completely unacceptable for for AFL standards. So that's been the issue over the last few weeks. So it's it's incredibly frustrating. And um, yeah, they're turning a lot of a lot of supporters offside at the moment. A lot of Carlton supporters are completely fed up with with what's happening. We expected so much. We're eight years into a rebuild and, and we're still uh, languishing in the bottom eight. I know that it's the, uh, the age-old question, but do, do you know what the fix is? Is it, is it that simple? Is it one, one thing or is it multiple things or just no idea at this point? Uh, I, th- I think it's a mixture. It's a mixture of everything. I don't think you can pinpoint it on just the coach or just the players or just the the management. I think it's just a mixture of everything. Um Obviously, there's some system issues, which comes down to coaching, but then there's also the execution of of the system, which comes down to the players. And I think, yeah, just a mixture of those things are just just not working at the moment. The players have got a lot to blame for, especially the midfield, the way they, they're using the ball at the moment. And then, yeah, our, our two key forwards that everyone's been talking about a lot, especially Harry, really out of form, has the yips and just doesn't look confident. So just a lot, a lot happening. And, you know, we are saying before off air, when it rains, it pours. Once one thing goes bad, it just feels like everything else just runs with it too. And and now there's issues at board level and, and things like that. So it's just, yeah, it's not a great place at the moment. Yeah, no, it's not an ideal situation for the footy club or the supporters um, with all the expectation around them. But we'll move on because we could talk about Carlton all day, I'm sure. But we'll flip the coin to a team that's probably exceeding expectations. And the Hawks, for those that suggested they weren't going to be too flush. They've come out of the few games this year and really surprised us, and none more so than uh, this weekend on the Saturday against the Saints. Yeah, they were great. They were fantastic. And 
was there was people out there that said they weren't going to win a game this year, especially after round one. I think it was round one or round two. They got absolutely smashed, like almost uncompetitive. And now look at them. They're, they're, they're doing really well. Two wins in a row. Yeah, they, we probably could have you know, not looked too much into the West Coast win, but to beat the Saints who were sitting fourth on the ladder was um, was huge from the Hawks. And they looked really good. Their young players are, are, are doing great. Um, and they just look like a team that's really playing with a lot of enthusiasm and, and energy, which is, you know, in contrast to the team that we were just talking about. So they're, they're doing really well. Um, and, yeah, clearly they're the number one pick's not in their sights. Well, no, exactly right. It's, it's Look, it's always a good thing as well when the rumours about tanking or that start swirling around and then to see a team come out and do something like this and put on a performance like this. And just for um, some, you know, further information as well, like you said, they started the season pretty poorly. They lost to Essendon in round one by 59 points. And the next week they faced the Swans where they got belted by 81. So yeah. to have such a poor start to the year like that for a really young group is enough to crush the confidence of just about any side. So for them to turn their, not turn their season around, like there's obviously finals out of the picture, all that sort of stuff, but to be able to still play good and competitive games of football most of the season and then have games like this as well with everyone coming out on top and winning is a real testament to what uh, Sam Mitchell is doing down there with the group. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Sam Mitchell looks like he's he's got things going there very nicely. And I think that's just what Hawthorne do, isn't it? They they always seem to just rebuild well or just they just know how to do a quick spike um, and really develop their players really, really good. So, that yeah, they're, 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 good, they're doing good. And they're only a game. I think they're only a, a one win off Carlton, which is quite uh, embarrassing. But, but, I mean, they're, they're doing quite well and good on them. Well, if it makes you feel any better, they're sitting the same as us. So if you're embarrassed about being on your game in front, we're, we're not even that. So we're both uh, – I <laughs> understand your pain. There you go. Yep. But, again, teams exceeding expectations. It was the weekend of upsets, and we spoke about this before. It's been all over the media. No doubt everybody listening's tipping was probably out the window this week. I know I only got three myself. It was a, an absolute shocking week for footy tipping. Um, but there was plenty of upsets and plenty to talk about. And another one – a little record that's probably flown under the radar a little bit is the the Giants record at GMHBA Stadium against the Cats. Not many sides can notch up even one win against the Cats down there, let alone I think it's three in the trot now, I believe, for the Giants. And uh, they came out and had an absolutely unbelievable performance over the weekend. And was it Toby Green's 200th this week, if I'm not mistaken? I think it was. So for the milestone game, come out and I think Toby kicked four as well. It's a, yeah, It's an outstanding testament to the way the Giants are travelling right now. Yeah, they're doing well. Again, they've got another a great inexperienced coach and Adam Kingsley who's who's doing really good things. Obviously comes from Richmond, has a, a really good uh background there. And yeah, they they and they play really good footy as well. They're good to watch. And you mentioned Toby Green, geez, what a superstar he is. He's gonna go down as one of the greats of the game. I just love the way he goes about it. He's he's such a good player. And I feel like if he played for a Victorian team, he'd be recognized so much higher. But He's um yeah he's so good to watch and, and glad they did it for him and yeah they've got a great record down in Geelong um and speaking of Geelong they're they're looking like they're back in all sorts again that's three three losses in a row and they never lose in Geelong so maybe there's some concerns about them now and it probably looks like they're having a bit of a premiership hangover. It does a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, we, we started the year slow and we all said, don't worry, they'll come back. They went and won five games in a row. I'm like, all right, here we are. They are back. But now, yeah, like you said, they've lost a couple in a row. They're starting to lose that confidence. They do have a few injuries. And 
you know, there's the uh, there's the old joke that goes around, no Dangerfield, no Geelong, but obviously you, you'd assume that's not the case. But again, he's still a couple of weeks away. So it's going to be interesting to see when they turn this around and start finding form again. I think a lot of people would still have them making the eight, um, but they've got to get themselves out of this slump that they're in because it's, it's a real worrying signs for Cats fans. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, yeah, they do have a few injuries, but they still they still had a lot of star players playing the other night. So, um, and especially down in Geelong. That's just somewhere where they're, they've made that a fortress for them. It's been such an advantage for them uh, compared to the other Victorian teams. So um, for them to not win games down there is a little bit concerning for them. So and they've got a massive game this week against the Bulldogs on Saturday night. So if they lose that, that'll be four in a row and it's going to be really hard for them to, to challenge um, this year. Well, I think once you lose four in a row after losing three in a row early in the year, it's just... It's going to do something to the confidence, doesn't it? I mean, some of these older guys as well, maybe a little bit worse for wear, pulling up sore. Who knows what's going on there? But it's just, yeah, it's really going to bruise the confidence a little bit. Um, and yeah, like you said, make it really tough from here on out. Yeah, 100%. Um, Timmy Taranto, he's been the talk of uh, the town over the last 24 hours. He put in one of the all-time performances on Sunday at the MCG and in front of a couple of people. How um, did you rate his performance? Uh, firstly, I think a couple of people might have been a stretch to how many were actually there, but it was um, look, it was it was the one shining light of what was a disappointing day for Richmond fans, and obviously, you know, his name has been tossed up a lot thanks to Kane Corns and his uh, his statement about him not being a one fifty top one fifty player and all that sort of stuff. But for him to come out and he actually had a reasonably clean day as well, like his disposal has been talked about a lot throughout the year and how um, inefficient he is and all that. But yeah, I thought he was quite clean with the ball, thirty three disposals, four goals as well, and just. He couldn't have done much else to help us try to get over the line against Port Adelaide and what ended up being a pretty average day. So it was uh, it was unbelievable watching him, you know, work his magic and play footy like that. And especially being up close like I was and just got to see it firsthand. It was uh, it was something special to see. It was just disappointing we couldn't cap it off with a win. Yeah. One thing we haven't been able to talk about, though, on record is Dimmer Hardwick leaving oh, yes. the Tigers last week. And one yeah. of the biggest news you'll see, probably the biggest news story of the year. Yeah, so we did, didn't we? Because we missed the weekend of last week. We had a week off, but it is, uh, yeah, it still it still hasn't sunk in for me. And I've, I've spoken about this um, on various other channels and stuff like that as well. But it was it was a real blow to me. I know a lot of Richmond supporters as well, but for me especially, it, it felt. I remember what happened. I was sitting there eating dinner. I had my phone on the table, and I see that an SEN notification pop up. I'm like, oh, what's this? So I have a look. And I see Damien Hardwick quits. And I nearly felt this, like I know people say this and exaggerate, but I genuinely nearly fell off my chair. We've got pretty unstable stools in my place, but I nearly <laughs> fell off the chair. And uh, yeah, my, my partner, Elisa, goes to me like, what, what's wrong? I was freaking out. And she, I said, do a quit. And she goes, I thought someone died. Like you're carrying on. I'm like, you don't understand. Like it's just, it's weird to have this much love towards a man that we've never met. Um, but as Richmond supporters know, like obviously it looks like our time is probably come to an end in terms of our successful period. But to go through what we went through, um, to have him at the helm, it's yeah, the, the appreciation there is uh, next to none. So for him to quit the way he did, I thought it was unceremonious um, to see him not go out with a farewell game or for him to not finish off the season. I still think there's a little bit more to it than what we're hearing than him just being burnt out. He doesn't strike me as the type to... 
I don't know, just to give up or to quit when things get a little bit tough. Like, obviously, he's been there a very long time. He's been in football a very long time. So maybe it is that 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 just is the case. I'm not too sure. But for me, it feels like there might be a little bit more going on there. But either way, it's um big loss. And, uh, yeah, obviously, just very appreciative for what we've got to see. And all thanks to him. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it uh, came as a shock to everyone. And I think the fact that he didn't do or yeah, didn't coach one last game is, yeah, is, is probably a little bit... Uh, not suspicious, but you think, geez, maybe there was something more to it. You know, maybe surely he could have coached just one more game, give uh, give the Richmond fans a chance to to properly farewell him, and um, or even just do like a lap of honour or, or something, some sort of recognition for him. But no, nah, it was it was done from that day. It was uh, he packed up his bags and and that was it. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it feels bizarre now that it's been. Well, it was it been nearly a week since? It was this time. This time last week. It was last Monday night. Yeah, well, that's, that's when right. the news broke. Yeah, the news broke. So then it was Tuesday morning, I believe, was the press conference. So it's mm. um, yeah, it feels weird. There's already been a whole week since it's uh since it's gone down. It's all happened, but um, yeah, disappointing. We didn't get to finish, send him off with a you know a farewell game or or anything like that. And especially that his last game was a one point loss to Essendon at Dreamtime. It just I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me that that's how we uh, we sent him off. But again, like he couldn't have done much more for the club. I think he'd probably done everything he could, and um, yeah, greatly appreciated him for everything that he did do for the club. Um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much. I'm yeah. start getting teary if I start going on too much more about him. But nah, just there. Yeah, love the bloke, obviously, and love everything he did for the club. So it was good. But one talking point that was going around from last week, and I want to ask your opinion on it, was a lot of people were given it and probably Richmond supporters in particular, but a lot of people were giving it to Tom Morris for leaking that news a day early before allegedly a lot of the players knew what was happening. So by all reports, a lot of players would have found out the same way I did by a notification on their phone saying Dimmer's gone, you know, and for some people have had it, they've had Dimmer as a coach for five, six, seven years. Like I know, I presume a lot of the 10 plus year boys would have been told already, but some of the younger guys especially wouldn't have known. Um, even the new guys like Taranto and Hopper have come across, you know, expecting to play under Dimmer and all of a sudden he's quit and they find out due to a news report. What What are your thoughts on stories like that being dropped with full well knowing that the playing group isn't aware of what's going on or is it just journalism is journalism at the end of the day? Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think he did anything wrong, to be honest. I think the person that leaked, in, leaked it to him is probably the one that, that, you know, did something wrong if there was something to do wrong there. But... Um, no, I think it's, it was just good journalism, good good research, good hunting, and um, I mean that, that's news that's probably pretty hard to sit on. You wouldn't want to sit on that in, in case someone else stole it. So um, yeah, I think it's probably more on the person that leaked it from the club than than anything else. And and yeah, Tom Tom's been out of the game for twelve months, and he's come back in a in a big way, hasn't he? Yeah, well, geez, pressure point alumni. What a way to put himself back on the map. I, yeah. It's going to be the biggest story of the year. You know, a shocked quit from uh, or shock retirement from Damien Hardwick. So, I guess the question now is: I can obviously the rumors start swelling straight away. Like I've heard Gold Coast rumors, I've heard Port rumors, I've heard Carlton rumors about where he's going to end up next. Does he go anywhere? Does he is he just quit altogether from football? Take a few years off? Like, what, what, what do you think, Dimmer goes from here? How would how would you uh, how would you feel if you saw him coaching Carlton? If, it depends on the honestly. It's on the time frame. If he if he's at Carlton next year, I would lose my shit. I would go nuts. <laughs> if I see him coaching any club next year, I would lose my shit because it, it. Like I said, it something didn't feel quite right about the way it all went down. And then to see 
to see him let like you know within six months or even less than six months because you'd assume he'd be there for preseason in November to see him at another club by then would it would really sting it would sting a little bit because it means that I don't I don't know what it means to be honest with you but it, it doesn't sit well with me either way so I look if he takes a couple of years off and then ends up at another club fair enough he's had his break he's probably got the itch for it again wants to get back into it you see that with a lot of coaches where they've had a bit of a time to rest up take it easy right, let's get back into things so. For me, it all depends on time frame. If it's within, if it's next season, and he's at another club. I'll be very disappointed. Mm. So, what if he was at Carlton in twenty twenty five? You you would be fine with it. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think. Be hard I, think to I think it being Carlton would probably hurt. If he went to the Gold Coast or something, I wouldn't mind it so much. But yeah, if I saw him at Carlton, I think that would sting a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would hurt. Yeah. Nah, but back to your question. I think I think he will take the time. Um, I think the only one that I can probably see him going to is the Gold Coast, just based on what he said in the past in terms of lifestyle. And I think he's, is it his partner or someone is from Queensland, I think. So someone in his family is from Queensland. I, I think I heard that somewhere. So I think that would be him. I think he, he seems like one that sort of craves that, um, yeah, that, that lifestyle of, of sun, beach, and, and, yeah, a bit more of a relaxed vibe. And, yeah, I think if he was to go anywhere, it'll probably be there. I can't see him. I mean, I can see him going to Carlton just because that's just a, such a Carlton thing to do is sack the coach and find the coach that's won heaps of premierships and the Messiah. But I think I don't think it would be the best move for him and for the club. But yeah, I think I think Gold Coast would be the the most suitable option. But I think at the end of twenty twenty four, I think heaps of uh, senior coaches are out of contract, so I think he'll have many options. At the end of end of next year, so he uh, he'll definitely have some job offers come his way. So I don't think he'll uh, he'll have to make a decision anytime soon. He'll um he'll have plenty of plenty of uh, people chasing his signature. Well, one that no one's talking about is maybe he'll finish off the year and he'll come back to Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. What a twist. Imagine that. <laughs> he, he he quits to take half the year off and then comes back to the same club. That yeah. would be. Well, that would be a first. I, that would have to be a first. A coach quits and goes back to the same club six months later. So, yeah, I'd, I'd take him. I'd take him back in a heartbeat. Nah, no doubt there at all. But one thing I do want to touch on quickly before we stop talking about Richmond, and you brought it up, but I am passionate about it, and that's that's the crowds and the uh, the attendance. And look, we've had, we've had some big attended games this year. Um, granted, all against bigger clubs like you know Geelong, Essendon, Carlton, um, and Collingwood, we had a decent crowd as well. And that's obviously because we've had the other teams probably backing this up and making the, putting a band-aid over the cracks a little bit. But you've seen games like the West Coast game, the Gold Coast game, and again on the weekend against Port Adelaide. We only had 30,000 people there at the G. For a game that was like an unofficial send-off to Damien Hardwick as well, where a lot of fans, and it was all over social media, a lot of fans were planning on getting there and just sort of paying their respects to Dimmer in one last sort of game, even though he wasn't coaching, but, you know, as a tribute to him. Um, and not even for that, just the fact that, you know, your team's struggling a little bit, but, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, really no reason anyone can't be there. For 30,000 people to show up was was disgusting. I remember sitting at the game looking around thinking, I, I hate this. And it's embarrassing because you know that everyone else is laughing at you as a club, what's saying, oh, look at that, they've fallen off the perch and now no one's there. And when we're at the top, I knew there were bandwagon supporters, as there is every club, and you, you kind of accept that a little bit. But I think... 
you don't realize how many there are until you get to times like this. And we're not even like rock bottom. We're, we're, we're still in every game we play. We're only just losing games. So it's not even like we've hit rock bottom yet. I hate to see what happens when we hit that sort of situation because it was yeah, it was abysmal with the crowd numbers on the weekend. Mm, yeah, I think it's yeah. I think the fact that it's happened more than once this year is is yeah proving that it's yeah a lot of a lot of bandwagon supporters in the Richmond Richmond crowd, which they've been known for over the years, as you said, um, until you you started coming good in 2017. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that. I mean, I'll yeah, I won't I won't say too much because uh, you know you know what I well, well yeah we spoke about it off air but yeah I think yeah I think for everything that Richmond has done for their long suffering fans I think the least you can do is yeah still show up and support the team you know you're not a a Carlton who you know have just been constantly terrible for twenty five years twenty years um, or an Essendon but you know Richmond is you know fans have all seen more than they would have hoped for in terms of success over the last few years. So I think to jump off when it just gets a little bit tough now is, is yeah, it's, yeah, not something I'd be, I'd be proud of if I was a supporter. No, it hurts to see. And one, and one thing that a lot of people were saying is, oh, it was, it was raining on Sunday. No, the weather wasn't great. And look, okay, granted, I'll give you that. But the weather was fine for the West Coast game. The Gold Coast game was at Marble and the roof's closed. So there's no mm. issues with weather then. I think it's gotten to the point where people are trying to find excuses now rather than just turning up. And it's as simple as that. Look, I am one of those one of those nuffy supporters that kind of goes no matter what. It's um, I almost like the torture of getting absolutely pumped some weeks. So I know what's sort of coming, but I'll still go. That's just the support type of person I am. Not saying everyone has to be like that, but 30,000 only as a crowd is really disappointing. And it's... Um, like you look at when we were good, and you 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 see this, Marcus, because I'll give it. Carlton supporters do show up despite the results; they, they still show up. Once your team gets on a roll and kicks a couple of goals, it's the crowd that pushes them a lot of the time over the line. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we're losing a few close games, and when we do kick a couple of goals in a row, instead of that eighty, ninety thousand people we're probably used to having in the crowds over the last few years, you know, get us over the line. The Port Adelaide fans are honestly louder on the weekend. And that, that, that's so disappointing to have a Port Adelaide cheer squad louder than the rest of the MCG. It, uh, yeah, it was, t- it was tough to be a part of, to be honest. So, Yeah. No, completely understand. And, yeah, I mean, everyone's entitled to support their team the way they want to do. But, yeah, when there's a club that has 100,000 members and only 30,000 are there or 25,000 if you count the Port Adelaide fans, it's, um, yeah, it's not a great look, is it? So, but... You know, you've had your fun, and um, and maybe it's time to uh, maybe it is time to go down to the, down to the bottom for a little bit. And when I mean, you still got some good players there that you can you can bounce pretty quickly, but maybe it is time to just uh, just let some other teams have some fun now. Yeah, well, mate, by all means, you're more than welcome to take your turn. But it seems like you're waiting, taking your time. But that's all right. We'll move on. <laughs> we've got the. Uh, one more team that was actually very impressive, and we've been saying it all year. Both of us have experienced them already throughout the season, but the Adelaide Crows are absolutely flying at the moment and they're definitely exceeding expectations. And whether or not this game was an upset, I'm not quite sure. I don't think it was being Brisbane playing away from home, but for Adelaide to come out and have an emphatic 17-point win over the lines was super impressive. And I th- I, I think they're genuine contenders, the Crows. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do think that as well. I think they are the real deal, but they aren't great away from Adelaide Oval. That's been their issue. They're really good at home. I think if that were, that game was reversed, I think Brisbane probably would have won 
quite comfortably. But yeah, I think they are they are at their best, they are very good, very good. One of the best teams, best teams in it. But yeah, I think away from home, where the finals will be, you know, at the MCG, if they wanna if they do get that far, um, they're gonna have to prove it there. But yeah, so far they haven't. But yeah, I do think they're they're definitely one of the best teams in the competition at the moment, just the way they play. They've got so many weapons and um, their experienced players are playing so well as well. So yeah, good team to watch. KY Tex was definitely a welcome inclusion back into the side on the weekend. He kicked a few handy yeah. ones. Josh Rochelle, how was that little goal from the boundary line? Like he absolutely loved that. It was um nah, it was an awesome it was an awesome game to watch as well. Like just for a neutral fan, like yeah. not knowing which way it was gonna go. You had Danaher and Cameron down one end kicking bags, and then you had down the other end, obviously Rochelle and the likes down there. So it was um and not uh, ranking as well. Like what a star. I mean, I I want to ask you about this. What were your thoughts on him doing the uh, the My Pocket celebration? He took Eddie's celebration there. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. He's I like it. I don't really oh, care what Eddie. I don't really care what Eddie did at Adelaide Oval, to be honest. No, I'm all out of respect for a great player. I loved it. I liked it. I thought yeah. it was good. I know that. I know that um, Rankin and Eddie are well, friends and all that, so it was all in uh, in good faith. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. He's a great showman, Rankin as well. Yeah. I remember I had mixed feelings about him when he was at the Suns. Um, I just thought he was one of the bit bit of a flush in the pan type player. That's that's honestly how I viewed him. And then watching him more consistently uh, this year at the Crows, he is uh, no, he's a genuine talent and he's doing it week in, week out. So I tip my hat to Isaac Rankin because he's playing some seriously good footy. Yeah, 100%. He's probably one of the best small forwards, if not the best small forward in the game at the moment. So he's, uh, he's very good to watch. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But we'll keep moving on. What caught your eye this week, Marcus? What caught my eye this week in... It is the Hawthorne Footy Club, uh, and they are not tanking. Um, so, in yeah, different to what we all thought early on in the year, as we mentioned earlier. But what more caught my eye was the Hawks are fed income about winning and going as far as they can this year. Um, you know, you look at West Coast and North Melbourne. I think they've they've really put a gap between themselves and those two teams now. And I think the number one picks are yeah, going to be between West Coast and North. So. We all thought it was Hawthorne's really. Um, everyone tipped them for the wooden spoon this year. And, yeah, they're proving a lot of people wrong. Um, even in their losses, they've been pretty good. And um, and to beat any team by over 100 points is is, is huge. So um, even though it was against West Coast, but, yeah, they, they played really well then. And then, yeah, obviously backed it up against the Saints. So, um, yeah, loving what they're doing. They play Port Adelaide this week at the Adelaide Oval. And, geez, they win that. Maybe the Hawks are coming already. Jeez, if they, if they beat Port over there in Adelaide, that'll be that'll be something else. I don't see yeah. that quite happening, but that would be something no. else for sure. I think um, it, it's it's a testament to Sam Mitchell and his character as well. I don't, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would tank, um, but obviously it wouldn't just be his decision. It's an organization's decision. But I feel like with him at the helm, their mentality is always going to be win, win, win at all costs. And um we're seeing that. We're like with the list that they've got, they've probably, they've won games that they shouldn't have, and this is this is one of them. So good on the Hawks. And um, look, honestly, as long as it's not against us, I hope they win a few more games as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did, uh, what caught your eye? It was a bit that caught my eye this week, but one thing that definitely did was the Gold Coast Suns. And they, they tell you what, they're flying under the radar, but they're they're coming. I reckon the Gold Coast. They've got a very cruisy run home by all means. Um, with a couple of big players out, like Miller's still not playing, and had another big one out that's uh, skipped me at the top of my head. But had a few big outs on the weekend, and they got a big win against the Doggies. And let me tell you, if they get some uh, some injuries, 
come back and playing healthy football, they're, they're going to be, uh, I don't want to say threatening to the top four or anything like that, but they're, they're going to push to the eight. Now, they, they could play their first season of finals this year. Well, I hope they prove everyone wrong because I think everyone's still expecting Gold Coast. Yeah, they'll still win a few more games and they'll just finish around ninth, 10th or 11th where they always usually finish and, and never make that leap into the eight. Maybe this year's the year. I mean, beating the the, the Dogs were one of the most informed teams in the competition um, up until last week. So to knock them off um, was huge and especially the Dogs were coming hard in that last quarter and to, to hold fire was, um, was really impressive. So maybe this is the year of the sun and they finally... Finally make finals after a, a very long wait for their passionate supporters up there. I'll tell you what, if for those that don't watch the Suns closely, start watching their games. They're genuinely exciting games of football to watch. Like their style of play as well is it's intoxicating. Like it's fun to watch. It's really fun football to watch. So I enjoy watching the Suns play. And if they yeah, if they can keep winning, I think their problem in the past has been they'll get to this sort of stage of the season, they'll look okay and look like they're pushing. And they'll lose the last seven or eight games in a row and then they'll miss out on finals. And like you said, finish around 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever it is. It's going to be now to the end of the season that's going to be the real test for them. They do have a cruisy kind of run home. Um, but they're, they're the games they're going to have to win and they're going to have to try and get over the top of a lot of these teams um, early, especially for that confidence building into the very back end of the season where they can hopefully push that in that final eight. So it's going to be a yeah. long watch, an interesting watch, but oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Who... Um... Question without notice, who's more likely to play finals, Gold Coast or Carlton? Jeez, you put me on the spot here. If we're to- oh, honestly, if we're talking about current form and even current confidence, you, know, it's, you know, I almost have to say Gold Coast, just the way that they're going about it at the moment. If, on paper, you definitely wouldn't say so, but I just think the style of football that they're playing and the confidence and the way that they're going about it, they seem like a team that believes that they can get there. Where I'm not seeing that from the Blues at this stage. Like, oh, I've tipped the Blues the last five, six weeks in a row now, thinking this is the week, this is the week, this is the week. But we haven't seen it just yet. Um, I still think they can turn it around. I'm not, I'm not saying their season's done. But if we're talking about right now and the way that both teams are looking, Gold Coast look more likely. But in saying that, I think Carlton are probably better built to um, last, like you know, to last longer in the season than the Suns are. So it's it's an interesting watch. Yeah. It is an interesting watch and, yeah, it's very intriguing to see what happens um, at the Blues and, and in particular the Suns as well. I think, I don't know, for me, I've always had a soft spot for the Gold Coast Suns. Like, you just want them to do good up there, especially on the Gold Coast. Like, you know, such a such a beautiful location, um, not only in Australia but the whole world. And, um, you know, you, and you want players to stay there and enjoy the environment and, um, and you want, you know, if you're getting to bring expansion teams in this, into the competition. You want them, you know, competing and playing finals and challenging for premierships. So let's hope that they, this is the year that they finally get there. Well, I think the biggest, the biggest thing as well is like you put yourself in their situation. And you just think how cool would it be to live on the Gold Coast, play footy up there. Like, that's your job. Yeah, it's sunshine all the time. You, you know, you surf, like whatever it is. Like it's, you've got almost everything you want up there in the Gold Coast. And it's just... It's a wonder why sporting teams, because in other codes as well, sporting teams don't last on the Gold Coast. So the Suns are still around. They're still going and they're playing a lot better football now. But once they start seeing some success, I think all that hard work will finally pay off. So like yep. you, I've had a soft spot for them, even though they, they always seem to beat Richmond. They're our bogey team. They always seem to beat us. But um, when they're not playing us, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for the Suns too. Yeah. Love it. All right. Anything else you want to add, mate, before we wrap up? 
No, that's pretty much it, mate. Another big weekend of football coming ahead. I think we're around 12 now. So what have we got? Like just over 10 rounds, 11 rounds left, whatever it is. My maths isn't yeah, well, We're halfway through. Well, halfway through. There you go. We're halfway through the season. So it's going to be uh, 24 rounds this year, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We're another 12 weeks ahead after this. So it's, uh, yeah, the halfway point of the football season is going to be a very good watch as per. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Beautiful. All right. Well, it is the start of the buy rounds as well which is, I mean, another gripe of mine, but maybe we'll save that for next week in the way that the buy rounds are structured. And um, that all kicks off this week. Round 12 coming up, some big games, halfway point of the season. And, uh, yeah, take care and we'll, uh, we'll chat next week. <laughs>